welcome to another episode of Triumph and Tierras. I am your hostess, Suzanne Proxa, business strategist and coach for female entrepreneurs who are purpose-driven and looking to make a major impact in the world. This podcast is my passion and is intended to showcase women who have overcome obstacles to hopefully inspire and empower all of you to do the same. And now on with the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Triumph and Tierras. I am here today with Katie Kozlowski. She is a master energy coach and spiritual teacher who helps women reconnect with themselves to embody strength, wisdom, and success. And she is here to share her story with us. And I am going to actually leave that part to her. And welcome, Katie. Hi. So why don't you go ahead and and tell us about your story? It's definitely an interesting one. Yes. Um, I will give you the nuggets, the small nuggets, because otherwise we'll be here for like three weeks. <laughs> so the, um, the, my claim to fame is that about eight years ago now, um, time is flying, I was living in New York City and I had been living as an actress and supporting myself as a spokesmodel and um, just going on my merry way, thinking my life was peachy keen and um, really wasn't. And then I had an accident. I actually got hit by a taxi when I was walking home from work one night in the fall of, um, gee, I can't remember the year off the top of my head, whatever um, eight years ago would be. <laughs> and I had this like massive awakening after that, because obviously when you get hit by a taxi, you know, you're, you're definitely a little shaken up or a little more than shaken up. And after that, I just changed everything. Like I just changed my relationships. I changed the way I was living my life. Um, I changed, you know, the way I was treating myself, the way I was allowing others to treat me and got on this path about eight years ago. And since then I've been studying everything from energy work and NLP to mindset, meditation, uh, like you name it getting to the bottom of sort of um, like what happened um, just by virtue of using myself as sort of like the, the, the lab rat going, how, how did I get there? Um, because if I can understand how I got there and how I got out of it, then I can teach others the same thing. Awesome. So one thing that you uh, really focus on is, how people think that beauty isn't attainable from the inside out. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So that's sort of something that I, you know, I usually talk about it in sort of a roundabout way. And then recently, because this movie, this Amy Schumer movie, um, I Feel Pretty came out, right? And everybody is up in arms about this movie because they're saying, uh, a lot of articles at least are saying, you know, this concept of loving yourself, um, seeing yourself from the inside is beautiful, changes the way you are on the outside. It's really pissing people off. And a lot of people are saying that that's not true. You know, that's not possible. Like beauty is beauty and, and that's our culture. And that's a reality. And it is a reality. Unfortunately, our culture is based on sort of 
certain certain aesthetics, right? Beautiful being whatever that means to you. Maybe you're tall and thin and you have blonde hair and blue eyes or whatever it is. Everybody's going to have their own perception and like basis for what they think is beautiful, right? So in the first place, like there's no such thing as, as like one type of beautiful. And I think that's really important um, to stress. And then the other thing is, yeah, I, I personally know because I lived it, um, like I, I was a walking embodiment of somebody that really was and, and happens to be, if you look at my pictures, people be like, oh, she's really beautiful. And I am, and I'm so, I'm so lucky to be beautiful. Right. Like, but I couldn't see it. All I saw was like, I, I just saw like fat. I saw ugly. I mean, I really, really did not see it. And when I changed the relationship with myself and how I treated myself and how I felt about myself, I was actually I saw myself in a whole new way and it's not like I didn't change, right? Like my physical being didn't change, but the way I could see myself did change. And I think that's what I stress with people is that the way we see ourselves has everything to do with the way we relate to ourselves and the way we feel about ourselves. So if we feel like we're beautiful, then we're beautiful. You know what I mean? But if you don't feel like you're beautiful, even if you are beautiful, it doesn't matter because you, you're not living your life um, and that affects you in negative ways and it kind of can turn you into a monster. So it's a little, um, little like fairy tale-ish in that way, right? Like the uh, evil stepmother, you know, like the evil queen, she was really quite beautiful, but she wasn't happy with herself. So she wanted to kill all the beautiful people. Meanwhile, she was beautiful. It's a lot, it's a lot like that. Um, that's a fun way of explaining it. Yeah, that's interesting that you that you say that and you tell your story in that manner because um, it feels weird to say, but I often have people, you know, tell me the same thing. Oh, you're so pretty. You're so beautiful. And there are so many days where I truly think they're absolute. They've lost it. Like, really, what what is it about me that you actually think is beautiful? And I think that, you know, you talked about society and, and, and all of that and really looking at that outward appearance. And I agree with you. I think that there's more to that definition of beauty. I mean, if somebody were to ask you, what do you think the true definition of beauty is? What would you say? Uh, I mean, that's a tough one, right? Because you could, you could define it in so many different ways. And I think that beauty has, it's just how you relate to yourself. It's a matter of the, your essence and the energy you exude. Um, and it's everything. Like, it's the way you carry yourself. It's the way you treat other people. Like, I'm very big on the way you treat other people. I'm very observant. And I've seen a lot of people who are very physically beautiful, but they're not, they're not kind to other people. And I, it changes the way I see them. You know what I mean? I like, I like, I can't undo that because I see the energy. I see the, the way they treat, treat other people. And in it, it's not beautiful to me. So I think beauty is, something that it is a full embodiment like it's a whole it's a whole package like full true beauty right i talk a lot about like tr what's the difference between love and true love um i think that there's there's beauty right which is like attractiveness and maybe like how tall you are in your face and that's like beauty um but true beauty is so much more than that true beauty is the full picture true beauty is the embodiment of like grace and kindness and love like that's how I 
feel about beauty. I like that. I like that definition. I think that is so true what you said. You know, there are people out there who are just gorgeous, but they are not good humans, you know, and it really takes away from that. that yeah. I mean, it really, to me, and I know because I actually, I mean, I, I did a stint as a mean girl. I, I played that part when I was younger, when I was in high school, and when I was actually even younger than that. I want to say, like, when I was, like, in sixth grade, because I was, like, the pretty girl, you know, the popular girl. And I remember I was really mean. Like, I was mean to the other girls, and I put them down, and I made fun of them. And, and it was because my friends were like that, you know what I mean? And they were acting like that. And I thought that that was what the pretty girl did. Like I literally bought into the, the role, like that, that type, which was the pretty mean girl. You know what I mean? And I just yeah. tried it on. Um, I didn't like it. I didn't like the way it felt. I didn't like the way um, I made that we made people feel. And eventually I sort of let go of that and was like, screw that. I'm not going to be that type of person. Um, because to me, like, I really like people and I don't want it to be about like how skinny you are, or how pretty you are or how popular you are. I don't want to play that game. Um, and so I don't anymore. And obviously, luckily I did, I did it when I was in like sixth grade by by uh, my freshman year I think I was over it so I did it very young but it's so hurtful and I don't like seeing people hurt each other like I that's a very real thing for me so it doesn't matter if you're hurting yourself or you're hurting someone else um I don't like to see that you know I just don't like to like be in the presence of that because I know that we're all so much more than that. And I just wish that we knew that we have so much more to offer than just like our face. Right. So looking at your bio, you've actually um, done a lot of work with women actually helping them heal and recover from chronic illness and addictions, abuse and trauma. Um, tell me about that. What led you to, to get into that? Right. Um, I actually... I really have, you know, sometimes I, I kind of gloss over that, but, but I have spent the last eight years really digging in and working with people and testing things and um, trying different things out and seeing what happens. And the reason why I got into it was because after I got hit by the taxi, I had my own, my own process, right? Like I was somebody that, I mean, I really hated myself and I was suffering in a lot of different ways. I didn't have physical illness and I didn't have um, any physical ailments, but I had the abusive relationships. I had a lot of trauma. I had addictions to alcohol. You know, I was doing a lot of things that weren't helping and serving me. So once I experienced it and it worked, you know, like it worked, like I went almost overnight, I went from being one way to being another way. And I was so um, shocked by the fact that it worked and that I have, I was someone who struggled so much to feel happy and to accept myself. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, like this stuff works. This is working. It's amazing that I just wanted to learn. I wanted to learn more. And the more I learned, the more I understood. Um, and I sort of reverse engineered my own journey. And I'm very much like a scientist from that standpoint. Like I really, like, I have to know how it works. Like I have to know, um, like, 
the ins and outs before I'll teach it. And so I, I literally used myself. I dissected myself. I figured out, you know, how I got from point A to point B and then how I went from point B back to point A or full circle. And then I started teaching other people and sharing with other people. And, and then they were having these incredible, miraculous recoveries uh, releasing things like chronic arthritis, going from walking with a cane to a month later, no cane, no pain meds and running again. I'm like, this is phenomenal. These results are phenomenal. And so I just wanted to, I just like, I wanted to share it because when you, when you experience it yourself, it's, it's miraculous. And then when you see it, it helping other people, it's, it's even more, um, just, it's just so exciting. So that's how I got into it. Um, was just like, I just started unraveling myself. And the more I did, I thought like, Oh, this is really cool. Like if I can take what I did and teach other people, then we can unravel so many ailments that people have. Um, and, and I'm really big on that because I think that a lot of times we just diagnose things, you know, we just diagnose it and accept it. And kind of like me being told that I was the pretty mean girl. And I was like, oh, okay. I just accepted the diagnosis that that's who I was going to be. And then I went and I unraveled it and was like, but actually that's not who I am. Like someone gave me that title. I took it on and I believed it, but it wasn't true because yeah, I'm really pretty, but I'm also really nice. Like I'm not I'm not a, like a nasty judgmental bitch. I never was, but someone told me I was and I was like, oh, okay, so that's what pretty people are like, all right. And then I went back and went, but that's actually not me. And that's not, that's not who so many of us are. And if we took away a lot of the stuff that we just like think is, then maybe things would be very different, if that makes sense. Right, no, exactly. I mean, we take on so many labels that people give to us. Yeah. And uh, it, I mean, it can really be a problem if that, if that continues. Yeah. And it's, it's just sort of like, um, like being handed a sentence. You know what I mean? Like I believed there were a lot of things about me that I believed and a lot of things that people told me and that I read in, it's not just things people said. It was like things I read in stories, things I saw on TV. Um, and, and it was sort of like, like for me, I was often told because I went, came through an acting background, you know, they typecast you and I got typecast as like the dumb blonde and the Marilyn Monroe type. And what that did was that told me like, you're always going to be the other woman right? Like you're always going to be the mistress. Nobody's going to take you seriously. You're a sex object. Like, and I had all of those experiences where I was the other woman. I was treated as a sex object. I was um, cast as those roles. And, and it was just because of the fact that someone told, again, like you're this type, this is who you are. But it had nothing to, like, it had absolutely nothing to do with who I really was. And I think that that's where the labels really get to be dangerous because even to say to someone like, you know, I, I came from a family of alcoholics and to be just be told like you're an alcoholic or you, you, you have depression or whatever it is. If, if you're not aware of the fact that that might, that's a temporary thing, you can get stuck in that. Like you can put that jacket on and like never take that jacket off. Um, 
and I'm a really big fan and saying like, well, okay, so you had that experience and maybe that's what someone told you, but is it true? And, and is it, does it serve you? And would you like to take that off and change it? You know, it's like as simple as saying somebody dressed you in this outfit, but you don't have to wear it. So if you want to take those clothes off now, what would you like to wear? Mm-hmm. Like what, what, how would you dress yourself instead of having someone else dress you? It's really kind of that sort of vibe, which is, yeah. I, I think it's really fun. It's very freeing when you're like, oh, you mean I don't have to wear this uniform? <laughs> okay, fantastic. And you take it off and you feel so free and then you get to wear whatever you want. I just think that's wonderful. Yeah, I absolutely love that. That is a great way of looking at it. So do you think that if, if we got better at, at self-love and, and learning how to love ourselves the way we are, do you think that that would help us dealing with these issues and really uh, saying no to these labels and, and things that are placed on us? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that one of the biggest things that we have in society now that needs to be addressed is all of this judgment. Like, we judge each other so much. And we judge ourselves so much. And, and that's why we label each other, right? Like, we, we struggle to accept people and accept ourselves exactly as we are. Like, we have to know, like, we have to put it in a category. And even in business, I see this, because for a long time, I didn't know what to call myself. You know what I mean? People would be like, well, what are you? And I'm like, well, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a this, or I'm a that, or like, but, but I have to know what you are so I can put you in a box. It's like sexual, um, like your sexual orientation, right? Your gender. Like, we have all this, this fluidity now, and it makes people so uncomfortable. You know, people are like, no, you have to know, like, are you male or female? Like, do you like men or women? Like we, and, and if we don't have an answer, people get really freaked out. Um, and I think that has to do with race. I think that has to do with religion. I think that has to do with um, like body shape. It, I think it has to do with everything. If we were just like, okay, cool, you're a person and that's it. You're a person exactly as you are and that goes for ourselves. And then if we treat ourselves that way, then we treat others that way because that's sort of the mirror. Um, I think, yeah, because then we're not struggling to like put someone in a box just to label them. Because then we, if we do that, then we lose this sort of element of like good and bad and right and wrong and um, sort of what's cool and what's not cool and um, inequality. like you know what I'm saying? Like, if we're not doing that to ourselves, then we lose, we, we might lose some of the issues that we have with inequality, because we stop thinking that we have to have a hierarchy, or we have to have um, the, that, that, the, the segmentation and the separation. Um, and I've thought about this a lot, because I look at the world, and I go like, well, what is really going on? And I do think that that's a huge piece of it is we just really freak out. If we don't know what someone is, you know what I mean? Like even if someone gets upset about something, we even have to label people's emotional responses, right? Like, oh, they're, they're just angry at so-and-so because of so-and-so. And it's like, well, can't they just be, let them be where they are. Just accept it. Just allow it is a different experience than having to like understand it and um, judge it, if that makes sense. 
Definitely. So since we're talking about self-love, um, it is something that is incredibly hard, it seems, for, for women to do quite often. Do you have any thoughts on how women, how it can be easier, things that women can do to actually get to that place where self-love is a little bit easier? Yeah, absolutely. I think the first thing, um, and this is, again, something, this is a societal thing, is we need to get clear on the difference between self-love and like self-obsession and narcissism, because I talk to women a lot and they're like, well, I can't, I can't, I'm not allowed to love myself because then they have an ego. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that's like the most important thing is for us to understand that putting yourself first, making loving choices, um, valuing yourself, right? Loving yourself. That's not egotistical. That's not narcissistic. That is a beautiful expression of, of valuing yourself. And, and I think that's like the first thing that needs to happen for every single person is to understand that just because you're choosing to love yourself doesn't mean um, that it's an egotistical thing. It's not like, oh, I love my hair. I love my nails. Like, that's not what it is. It's like, I'm going to make loving choices, right? So if you want to practice loving yourself more, start paying attention to the choices you're making and become aware. Is this a loving choice or is this a hurtful choice? Because a lot of times we do things and they're hurtful and we don't realize it, you know, and then we're sort of putting ourselves in harm's way or we're allowing someone to sort of step on our back to get where they want to go or we're doing something we don't want to do in an effort to make somebody else happy. Those are the kinds of things that happen when we're not aware of self-love and self-value. Um, that's, that's like the biggest, biggest thing that I would say. And those are simple. It's just paying attention to yourself, checking in and seeing how it feels. Like, does this feel good or bad? If it feels bad, stop. It's like I used to say um, a lot of times like, uh, like somebody would come and be like, every time I, um, I don't know what it is, but like every time I raise my arm like this, it hurts. And they like keep doing it, you know, and they're like, it just hurts. Every time I do it, it hurts. And I'm like, well, then don't do it that way. <laughs> Stop doing that. Stop raising your arm like that. Create something different. And they're like, oh yeah, that doesn't hurt. Okay, cool. Well, then the next time you need to raise your arm, choose that path instead of the other. So that's what I'm saying when I say, like, be mindful of what you're doing and how it feels. So you have a book. Yeah. Tell us, tell us about that. Yes. So this book, um, the book that you're talking about is the book Simply Woman, uh, stories from 30 magnificent women who have risen against the odds. And this is a, like an anthology, a collection of stories. So I'm not the only author in this book. There's 29 other women in this particular book. Um, but I love it because it's a slice of, of 30 different women's lives and 30 different experiences, 30 different flavors, like colors of the rainbow. And everyone has their own unique story. And some of them are are very painful stories and then some I have a very light touch you know I have a light heart so I tell my story um, through a, a, a little more light-hearted lens but 
The book itself, we released it on International Women's Day, and it is is absolutely gorgeous. And that's something I always I sell copies from my website, and it's also on Amazon if people are looking for uh, virtual like the Kindle copies. Um, I sell hardcover copies from my site, and it's it was a really great um, opportunity to sort of have have a chance to not do it just alone. You know, a lot of times we're promoting ourselves and this is a chance to do it collectively and to support one another. And I really enjoyed that piece of it more than anything because it can be so isolated. This world can be so isolating. And um, it was sort of the opposite. It was like massive sisterhood. Awesome. I love that. And obviously, you know, one of the reasons that I started this podcast was really to do some of the same. I think it's very important to showcase women's stories. Yeah. And um, I think that women are amazing and the things that we can do to, to rise above and the immense power that we have, it needs to be showcased. You know, people need to see that. Yeah, totally. And I think that that in itself, it's, um, it's very healing. And there's something about just listening to someone else share their story that gives you permission to share yours and sort of lights up your own consciousness and your own um, subconscious, the pieces that have been hidden away. It begins to sort of chip away at any of the stuff that's been tucked, tucked in your own cobwebs. So there's so much value in listening and sharing. It's really, it's extraordinary. So tell me, I mean, you, you know, you've done this book and you've worked with, um, you know, women, like several women on these different issues. I mean, what advice or thoughts do you have for the audience that you'd like to share? Essentially, I think the most important things are to know, and I've been talking this about this a lot lately, is that all of these things awakening, spirituality, connection with the self, enlightenment. It's a lot simpler than we've made it. I think that we've, we've kind of spun it off into this thing that sometimes feels unattainable or feels a little elitist even, like you have to do it a certain way or there's, there's um, it's only for certain people. It, it kind of began to get put on, almost like it was put on a pedestal. And my job is to take it down and to bring it back and to say, it's simpler than you think to get started. It's a journey, it's a process no matter what, but the tools are simple. You have everything you need to get started. And if you wanna go on the path, the path is there for you. And that goes for everyone. And, and I've been saying a lot too, it's really important for me to remind people that like consciousness itself does not, it's very loving, right? It's, it's, it's unconditional. It doesn't care who you are or what you've done or, or where you've been. Like it's not just for certain people. Consciousness is for everyone. Enlightenment is for everyone. This is something that we all have access to. And I just encourage everyone to know that that looks different. Like it looks different for every single person and you do it your way and that is the right way for you um, and enjoy it. Like, like enjoy being yourself, enjoy getting to know yourself. That, that really is the journey itself. Like that's the journey to enlightenment, consciousness, loving yourself, awakening, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's just 
like a daily sitting with yourself from my experience. So I, I like to share that because a lot of people might not realize that that's how easy it is to get started. It really is. And it's so worth it. Um, I know that I've gone through tremendous changes to, since I started an online business where, of course, we are all encouraged to really, you know, dig deep and do those exercises and think in that manner. And it, um, it, it has made such a huge difference in my life. So uh, definitely my, my suggestion to the audience is take Katie's advice. It's fantastic advice. Uh, and the, the last thing is I know that people listening probably want to know how they can find you, Katie. You know, where can they hang out with you? Can, are you willing to share that? No, it's a secret. No, of course. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. I love it when people come to hang out with me online. My website is the best place to get started, and that is my name, katiekozlowski.com, K-A-T-I-E-K-O-Z-L-O-W-S-K-I.com, and you come to that homepage. There's, there's, there's a free meditation you can sign up for. There's links to contact me and ways to work with me and, and everything you're looking for is on, you know, like on the homepage and links to Facebook, everything. It's all there. And of course, please, please, please. I love getting to know people and having people join me in my, uh, in my uh, sacred domain, as I call it. I call it my sacred domain. And that's what it feels like. It's like my home, um, my sacred home, and the, the doors are always open. Awesome. Fantastic. And nothing to do with the podcast topic, but I can tell it's a Kajabi site. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it is a Kajabi site. I, I am a Kajabi user as well. So... It is a Kajabi site, and yeah. I love it because when I get my wackadoo ideas in my head of, like, something I want to build or something I want to change, um, it's so easy with Kajabi that I, I just, um, I, I will probably always use it. Yes, definitely Spoonworthy. Well, thank you so much for being on, Katie, and sharing your story. Uh, definitely some fantastic insights and advice for the audience. Yes, my pleasure. I, um, I love being able to share. So thank you so much for letting me come on and chat. Awesome. Well, I will definitely see you around online. Oh. And thank you again. And thank you to the audience for listening in to another episode. Thank you for listening today. I hope that you found some inspiration from today's episode. If you would like to find me and check me out, you can head over to SuzanneProxa.com or if you are a female entrepreneur who is purpose-driven, head over to my Facebook group at Fempreneurs.biz. Thank you so much for listening today and I will see you in the next episode.